Hey, I'm Kaylee. I'm a member of the Ghoul Squad, and this is my sister, Hannah. And you're listening to Donna and Carrie on A Paranormal Chicks. I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 188. And you just heard Kaylee and Hannah. They're so cute. Sister, sister. Thank y'all for sending in an intro. We missed it. I know. There were so many comments in the Patreon Facebook group. They were like, send in your intros. And so, see, we're not the only ones who miss y'all sending in intros. But we decided not to haggle y'all about them. We're just going to let y'all deal with it amongst yourselves. <laughs> just kidding. But really, thank y'all so much for sending in that intro. It was so good. If you want an intro just like they did, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. And you get more than just doing an intro. You get a card. You get stickers, an extra episode a week, mm-hmm. access to the Patreon-only Facebook group. And Discord. Mm-hmm. There's so much. So uh, hop on over there. Okay, the first one. Hi, gals. Here's a story that happened to me about a year ago. I've always heard bad luck comes in threes. This story starts with my grandfather. Sadly, one night I received the call that he had passed. So naturally, our whole family piles into his trailer while we wait on the coroner and funeral director. Nothing strange happens and we all go on with our daily lives. Three months later, my grandmother passes away. A little backstory here, her and my grandfather were separated, but lived walking distance from each other. So again, we all pile into her trailer and await the funeral director. I was very close to my grandmother. I would always spend weekends with her, wake up early just to share stories over coffee, etc. She always had coffee in a cup, no matter what time of day. Naturally, I would ask her why I would be limited to one cup a day. She would explain when I was younger that she had trouble sleeping and needed it. It wasn't until my teen years she would explain the reason for her poor sleep. She explained that her bed would gently shake, bend at the foot at night, and her blankets would be pulled slightly. She believed this was her late father and believed he meant nothing sinister. At the time of her death, I needed to excuse myself from the living room where she had passed to find a quiet place to be alone. So I go to her bedroom. Her room was the master, so it included a bath and a walk-in closet. I sat on her bed and tried to pull myself together. I got up to go to the bathroom to dry my face. I noticed she was out of hand towels, so I walked into her closet looking for some. While I was in the closet, I touched her clothes and thought about her in them. The last time I hugged her, she wore this, etc. Naturally, I became more distraught, but it was a could-not-catch-my-breath distraught. I immediately left and returned to the living room with my family. Flash forward a week later... And my great-grandmother's home she was born in, super old, catches fire and burns to the ground. So in her best interest, we moved her into her deceased daughter's home. Furnished, lights still connected, it just made sense. But before she would move in, she wanted a priest to bless the trailer. The priest came and made his way from one end of the house to the other. Last stop, my grandma's bedroom. He stopped in his tracks and said he would not be able to finish, as there was a demon in the closet and he was not happy. 
My great-grandmother found another place to live. When this was told to me, I could not even explain the way my heart stopped. The same closet I felt choked in. The same closet I was alone in. A demon was supposedly in. Needless to say, I have not returned to her trailer since that night. She thought it was her daddy and it was a demon. I wonder why the priest couldn't feel it in the rest of the house. Like, be like, ooh, this is sketch, you know? Fuck if I know. I don't know how that works because I don't get feelings like that. Me neither. I catch feelings for... Men who are unavailable? Yes. (laughs) Okay, the next one. Hi there from Australia. I've been listening to your podcast for a while, and I really love scaring myself with all your stories. Although, to be honest, your accents make the stories slightly less terrifying. I'm from Australia, and I've never heard an accent like yours, so it seems adorable to me. Anyway, I have so many stories to share, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. So for now, I will give you just a little taster. That's what Donna says to all the men on Saturday nights. (laughs) (laughs) I've always told myself that I don't believe in the supernatural. Even though I've had experiences myself, I don't want to believe that it's real because then I will scare myself too much. So to start with, I have experienced night terrors, sleep paralysis, sleepwalking and talking ever since I was a child. I scared my parents one too many times by walking and screaming in my sleep. And my father did too. Maybe it's genetic. And I used to see a little old lady witch in the corner of my room staring at me at night. But it never did move at night or anything. I've always experienced this when I was in periods of high anxiety, like exams, etc. Well, it went away for a couple of years, but then about six months ago, I experienced it again. But this time it was different. I was living in a shared house with flatmates, but they were never at home because they worked long schedules and liked to go surfing at weird hours. Not so strange in Sydney. So I would hear people walking through the house when no one else was there. Extremely cold temperatures all the time. Footsteps and doors opening and closing by themselves. Imagine sitting on the toilet mid-poop and the door opens by itself, but it's too far away to reach to close it without getting up. Terrifying. Also in that house, the plumbing kept having issues. So sometimes the shower water would come out ready brown when you first turned it on. So glad I don't live there anymore. Well, one night I woke up around 3 a.m. and I saw a shadowy figure standing in front of my bookshelf staring at me. I could see it was a really tall man, but it was totally pitch black. And there was a trick of the light that made his body look like it was like fragmented, glitching, like TV static, which I didn't think anything of in the moment. Well, I was totally calm because I assumed it was my boyfriend who did not live with me at the time. But when I called out, hey, what are you doing here? The man didn't respond. So I got up, walked across the room, and turning on the light, I discovered the room was totally empty. Cue chills down my spine like I have never experienced. It was like the moment in the movie when the orchestral background music screeches at a high pitch, super loud, and makes your hair rise up on the back of your neck. I was so panicked, I couldn't sleep for the rest of the night. I couldn't calm myself down because it had been such a long time since I had any night issues and previously could always identify immediately that it was a night terror or sleep paralysis. The next day, I told my flatmate what happened. He had heard me yelling 
And he replied, oh yeah, the ex-flatmate who used to have your room says she saw the same thing one time. What the fuck? I moved out shortly after and haven't experienced anything since. Anyway, thanks for listening to my story, and I'll definitely send a few more of my creepy stories your way. Creep it real. Uh, I'd be like, now you tell me? Yeah, I feel like you should tell me that. I'll move in, but like, just tell me so I can be prepared. When I said that, it reminded me of Pretty Woman after the whole polo match incident. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you should have told me so I could be prepared when someone like Stucky comes up to me. Oh, I hated his character. Well, send in all of your stories. Yeah, I don't want just a little taste. I want the whole buffet. I am a whole buffet. Okay, the next one. Books that disappeared. Hey, ladies, I'm catching up on your episodes, and I heard my last Sinister sighting I had sent in. I forgot I left you on such a cliffhanger. So, renewing for season two. (laughs) The Lindsay house with three different families across the street from the church, trapped inside for a night. I wanted to give this a crazy title, like that new Netflix true crime show, The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Woman in the Window. Just a refresher, I grew up in a small farming village where we count the chickens as citizens and the sidewalks roll up when it gets dark. My story was about a house where I have known three families that have moved in and out. At the end of my sinister settings, I said I had more experiences to tell, and I have also heard even more from my bestie who used to live there. This is about the cubby in the wall with the strange baby rattle and children's books. My best friend, I will call her Snow, had stayed in the same room as my other friend, I will call him Skater Boy, who had previously lived in the house. What I never knew until the first time I stayed the night at the house was that behind the door was a tiny door that opened into a cubby. When I told Snow I had no clue that was there, she replied saying she was too scared to open it alone. The next morning in daylight, because we were too scared to open in the dark, we opened the cubby door. What we found was a box of dusty books and further back a baby rattle that was touching the opposite wall. I want to describe this cubby to give you a visual. The cubby door was square and only about one and a half feet wide and tall. The floor of the cubby had space between the wood so that when looking down, you could see in the kitchen. But when in the kitchen and looking up, there was no space between the wood and the ceiling. I was a large pizza by then and my hips did not lie. I couldn't fit through the opening, so I had to convince my friend Snow to get the rattle from the other end of the cubby. She loved that rattle. She was so creative and made a baby mobile with it and hung it from her ceiling that same day. She also loved the books inside the box. Her favorite book was a very old copy of Snow White. While going through them, I found my other friend, Skater Boy's name, inside and some that were not his with other kids' names. In the center of the furthest wall of her room was a built-in bookshelf. She put all the books on those shelves. I messaged Skater Boy, who used to live in the house, about his books to see if he had wanted any back. He said, leave them in the cubby and pleaded that we don't take them out. I told him it was too late and that Snow had put them on her bookshelf. The only people that know of our findings were Snow, Skater Boy, and I. A few days had gone since our findings, and Snow wasn't feeling well and stayed home from school. Her mom left for work, and she was home alone with her stepdad, who left for work in the afternoons. She slept most of the day, and when she woke up, she felt strange unrested. She heard the baby rattle in her sleep a lot. After waking, she looked around her room and saw the books were gone. She was shocked and saddened. She called her mom and asked where they went, but she had no clue of them nor her stepdad. So we wondered where the books went. 
what we didn't want to know is how the town's newest family's son knew about them. As a teenager in a small town, I hung out with my friends everywhere. One of the popular places to hang was the market. I was close friends with the family who owned the market, and they provided a safe place for all teens to hang out. This is where I met the newest village member. I will call him Jack. Jack was a second son of five kids. His family sent the kids to church whenever there was a potluck for a free meal and whenever there was a lock-in for teens for free babysitting. Everyone was very welcoming and open to the family and tried to help them any way they could. Jack was nice, but once he was comfortable with the three of us at the market, he started to say strange things. One day after the books had disappeared, Jack was walking past Snow's house and she was sitting on the steps enjoying the nice weather. Jack came to Snow and said, I love the books in your room, as he pointed to her bedroom window. She came running to my house to tell me, leaving him behind. She didn't know what to do. How did he know? He had never been inside her house. We started walking back to her house and he was headed towards us. Once we got close, I asked him how he knew about the books. He replied, I stood in front of her house at night, closed my eyes, and went inside the house. I walked up the steps into the room and saw the books, and the kids told me they wanted their books back. I walked away from him, too stunned to even say a word. After a few minutes, I told her he was just trying to scare us, and it was working. She heard what he said, too, and didn't know how to process it. That weekend was a lock-in at church, and we were going. At the lock-in, the youth leaders locked the doors and no children were allowed to leave and no one else was allowed to enter unless you're the pizza man. Snow and I were in the girls' room getting our sleeping bags placed and just talking about our school. When we finished, we headed to the gym to play some games with the others who arrived. We walked into the gym and saw Jack. We should have known he would be there, but we were in shock from the last time we talked to him. For most of the night, we kept our distance from him and avoided groups he was in. As us girls do, we go to the bathroom together. Once we finished, Snow and I walked out and immediately got cornered by Jack. He said, I've been wanting to give y'all a message all night. I love your house. I've visited even more. The kids thank you for your books, and when you hear the rattle, just know it's me. Snow cried. I cried. She was still hearing the rattle in her sleep. She wanted to get out of there so fast, but the adults wouldn't let her leave, even if she just lived across the street. The next morning, she went home and asked her mom to get rid of the rattle. She didn't want it in the house. She didn't want to even know where it went. We both stopped mentioning the books. I blocked the memory of them out completely until just two years ago when we reconnected as friends. Now as an adult, Snow attends a large church where up to a thousand people attend a service. After service one day, she saw Jack and a large crowd leaving service. Memories flooded her mind and she told me she felt a lump in her chest. The rattle sound ringing in her mind even though she hadn't heard it since her mom got rid of it. Jack approached her and told her, The kids read one of your favorite books to me. He told her it was Snow White. He smiled at her and said, See you around and walked away. She clung to her now husband and said, I need to go home. To this day, we have no clue how he knew about the books, including her favorite one. My memories are still fuzzy of these events because this is the same house that had the ghostly happenings that I will never forget. Every now and then, I see Jack when I go home to visit. He gives the most sinister smiles to me and I must walk away. Thank you for reading my sinister sightings. I hope this is all my experiences in my lifetime. Next time I will send you some funny dreaming stories from working at Cedar Point. Brianna. What in the astral projection into your house? Oh my gosh, right? Why do people have to be so creepy? But that's like legit, like creepy invasion Uh of privacy, like 
all the things. Oh my gosh. Like, even if you can do that, don't do that into a teenage girl's room, creepazoid. <laughs> right? Well, I'm glad you emailed us back. Mm-hmm. And we know you got more stories, so keep on sending them. Meanwhile, uh, what was his name, Jack? Just out there fucking living his best life, creeping everybody out at the local church. Yes. I mean, I guess luckily it's a big old church and she didn't have to see him much, but shit. Yeah. I love that Snow just, like, left him there outside her house when he said that and she ran over to tell you. Yes. But, like, he was still just sitting there. Yeah. So weird. Okay, the next one. Buying a house is hard. Yes, it is. Real quick, I love y'all and the show. This might be a little long, but here we go. So, a few months ago, my boyfriend's roommate slash landlady told him he had to move out. She gave him until April to find a place and to be out. He decides that he wants to buy instead of rent because fuck that noise. So, the house hunting adventure began. The first house we looked at was obviously haunted. And it was probably haunted by the people who were murdered there in the dirt floor basement. We quickly passed on that one, and after a few better but still not us homes, we found the one. It's a cute little three-bedroom house with an attic and cellars, and a crazy lady who was selling it. For privacy, we'll call her Georgia. Georgia kept waffling back and forth on whether or not she was happy that we were buying the house. That's fine. She's in her late 80s and the cheese slipping off of her cracker, if you know what I mean. But when she started going to my boyfriend's place of work and then showing up at his house with a list of different homes, shit got real weird. Shortly after she showed up at his house, we stopped to get gas and he went in to pay. Well, the cashier was related to Georgia's late husband. She told my boyfriend that the husband died suspiciously shortly after they were married. Of course, my little true crime loving self is like, ooh, but wait, there's more. That's probably why she didn't want to sell the house, because his dead body's in there. (laughs) Right? In order to pass the appraisal, some work needed to be done. The realtor's office sent the head honcho down. We all met at the house, and she agreed to let us do the work, because we knew she wouldn't, and we really wanted this house. Toward the end of the day, as we were working on the handrails for the back porch, she and I were talking. I was telling her about the apartment I live in now. She knows the maintenance man and does not like him. Okay, cool. Wish I would have brought them with me. I talk to him the next day and he starts out with, oh, that crazy bitch. And then proceeds to tell me that not only was there the husband from that house, but there is another husband that died suspiciously. Apparently, this lady's MO is to find a man with money and a home, kill him, and take his stuff. There's no proof, but... We signed yesterday. The locks are now changed and I'm packing yet again. I'm not going to apologize for how long this was, but I hope it's at least easy to read. Okay, bye. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying you better sage that house, but you better sage that house. I'm not saying that y'all better dig into that cellar, but y'all need to dig into the cellar. But, you know, hopefully y'all love the house. Post pictures. You know we all want to see what it looks like, especially me. Okay, this one. My first paranormal experience, finally... I don't know if I'd say that, but... Hey guys, my name's Jamie. Just briefly, just wanted to say I've been a listener for a long-ass time, and you guys never fail to put a smile on my face and make me shit my pants on a regular basis. So let's get into it. Ever since I could remember, I've been obsessed with the paranormal. 
I'm talking 10 years old, sitting on my mom's desktop computer, listening to demonic Ouija board story times. Yeah, pretty much sums up my childhood. So being my curious self, I'd always wanted to have a paranormal experience. Maybe not seeing a black-eyed child at the end of my bed, but you know what I mean. I've had uncertain and questionable encounters before, but nothing that left me fully convinced. That was until something happened that I know in my heart of hearts was the real deal. It all started with me moving into my Opa and Oma's home. Just to preface, they had both passed away six months apart one month before I moved in. When my Opa passed away, it hit me really hard. He was the first loved one I had ever lost, and he was one of the most amazing people I had ever known. On the night that I moved in, it was quiet. All you could hear was a ticking of the cuckoo clock, along with all the bumps and creaks older houses make. For me, living alone by myself for the very first time was pretty overwhelming. It was almost the first time being back at their home after the funerals. My opa had a designated spot on the island where he could play his card games on his laptop and gaze out the window. Off the kitchen was the living room where my opa and Oma's recliners remained side by side facing the TV. When I got tired of unpacking, I thought I'd make myself a snack and watch some Netflix. As I was sitting in my opa's recliner, the episode ended and the next one was loading, I heard a loud exhale coming from behind me. Of course, I thought I was imagining it, so I froze and listened again. And sure enough, I heard another loud inhale and exhale. I turned around and nothing. At first, I was like, whoa, what just happened? And then I had an overwhelming sense of calm wash over me. That was him. That was his loud, distinguishable grandfather breath I've heard time and time again. For me, it sounded like he was back at his spot, sitting in his chair by the window. I like to think that was his way of letting me know he was okay. That he was okay, I was in his space now. Or maybe he was telling me to get the fuck out of his chair. I'm just glad he didn't appear to me as a full-body apparition. I love the Gramps, but nah, fuck that. Now I can finally say I have my own paranormal story to tell and from someone who shaped me into the person I am today. Thanks for all you do, Jamie. I love that. Love you, but nah. And also the grandpa sigh of it all. I know, yeah. You know, that's what you and Colby need, two recliners like that, but uh, like a love seat recliner. Mm-hmm. Because you want to be able to be holding hands. Yeah, what we got to do is get rid of this fucking sectional. I hate it. <laughs> How long have y'all had it? Like a year? I think this Black... We got it on Black Friday. So I oh, think okay. this Black Friday would be like the third year. Third? Yeah. Okay, we were both wrong. Two years. Yes, we had to have a side conversation to figure this out. How they both died six months apart? I don't know. It's sweet and sad and all the things. The next one. Is my boyfriend psychic? Hey ladies, I've written a few emails already, but I wanted to talk to you guys about why I think my boyfriend may be psychic. I'll start off by my basic reasons and end with his freaky shared dream experience. What are you, Donna, trying to convince everybody I'm a changeling? (laughs) Okay, I have a ton of stories to back this up, but I want to try to keep this as short as possible. He has gut feelings that are 99% of the time right. He's predicted that people were about to break up, his best friend being cheated on, when people are lying to him, and he can read people's energies even when they're trying to portray something different. When I ask him how he knows these things, he just says, I had a gut feeling. 
Even so, it took me a long time to figure out that he may be psychic. But the day he had that shared dream experience with his best friend, that was the day I was convinced. So his best friend, who he predicted his wife was cheating on him, we'll call him Sam, he had plans to join the military and move himself and his family wherever they decided to send him once he finished basic training. And, you know, all that jazz. However, as my boyfriend had predicted months before, his wife was cheating on him and he found out. My boyfriend never told him of his suspicions because he didn't have proof. It was just that gut feeling. So it put off his plans for a bit because it was a whole ass mess. They had three kids together and she, for the lack of a better way to say it, was a crazy ass bitch who tried to manipulate and control him by using their kids and just a bunch of other awful shit that I won't get into. Either way, he didn't deserve that. He was heartbroken, had all the drama going on, and had to put his dream of joining the Navy on hold while he straightened out his life and made sure his kids were okay. And she would torment him any way she could, nearly bringing him to a breaking point. It breaks my heart thinking back because he was my friend too. One night out of his sleep, CJ, the boyfriend, shoots up out of bed and starts to put on his shoes and tells me he has to go. What? Where? It's 2 a.m. Is everything okay? I'm sleepy and confused and honestly a little freaked. CJ just says, it's Sam. He needs me. And right when he said that, his phone rang. Sam calling. What the fuck? He answers and walks out of the room. And of course, my nosy ass follows him around the house while he's talking on the phone. Once they get off the phone, CJ tells me he had a dream that Sam killed his ex-wife with a hammer. He said that in his dream, he was watching Sam walk into his old house to his ex and bash her head and face in over and over with the hammer. And CJ tried to yell for him to stop, but nothing would come out. He then watched him wrap her up in the covers, stuff her in the trunk and drive away. And then he woke up. He said that it felt so real and was so vivid. When Sam called, it was to tell him that he had the exact same dream, but it was of him actually going into the house and killing her. It really freaked Sam out, and he said that he had never even thought of doing anything like that. He went to bed really pissed off at her, and even though she was awful to him, she was good with the kids, and he would never hurt their mom regardless. CJ told him he has to figure out a way to let go of all his anger because it's really getting to him and it wasn't much longer that he did that. And a few months later, went into the Navy and now he's living his best life. I think that experience really freaked us all out. The good news in all of this is that it's been years and they're on fairly good terms and she's moved on from giving him as much hell as she used to. What do you think? Is my boyfriend highly intuitive or leaning more towards the psychic side? Creep it real, ladies. I don't know that answer, but I do know if he tells you something, you better believe him. I cannot imagine having that dream and then the person that you're dreaming about calls you. I know. Also, look, I'm not that good of a friend. I would be like, I'll catch him in the morning. <laughs> you would. I mean, I'm, I'm not about to wake up for that. Also, I would have been nosy, too, and followed him all around. I know. I hate when Colby talks on the phone in front of me, doesn't put it on speaker. I'm like, what are they saying? I know. I mean, most of the time I can hear it, but, like, sometimes I'm really like, what are they saying? Yeah. And then Colby and all men 
are just like generalizers where they are like, oh, they're just going to the store, but they're going to the store in Memphis to do a certain thing Mm -hmm. and all the things. And then they're going to need you to go check their house for something, you know, and it's like, I thought they were just going to the store. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I told you. No, you didn't. You didn't give me all the details I need. Also, me and Carrie are detail queens. Like, we need all of it. It's because we're tellers. Yes. Okay, the next one. Hello from San Jose, California. I wrote in from the ER back in July of 2021 about a boy with dyed hair, but you still haven't read it, and it's February 2022. Carrie, remember when you were convinced you'd run out of stories? Well, I'm proud of you ladies for making it this far and excited to share my first paranormal experience ever. My sister and I were spending the weekend in a rural, then they put hee hee at the end, (laughs) town in Central California to attend a wedding. The plan was to stay at the same hotel as the other guests, but the rooms were sold out, so we were relegated to the motor hotel up the road. Not sure what that means, but when we arrived, there was some what-the-fuck energy in the air, but it got worse. To get to the hotel, we had to drive up an abnormally steep road to the parking lot, which is behind the building. We walked through the hotel to the main lobby. One question popped in my head and right out my mouth to the front desk clerk. Is this place haunted? My sister looked embarrassed and without missing a beat, she said, absolutely, several rooms, but don't worry, yours isn't. She went on to say how she wanted to see a ghost and my sister and I laughed hysterically saying we did not. We grabbed our keys, dropped our stuff off in the highly creepy old fashioned room and jetted off to the wedding. Fast forward to the end of the night, and I was the DD for the remaining wedding guests. We dropped them off at their hotel and drove only a block down the road to ours. By now, it's 2 a.m., and I'm driving myself and my sister back up the abnormally steep road to the parking lot behind the hotel. To our surprise, all of the spots were taken. We drove past the last car and noticed the hatch was wide open, which freaked our true crime-loving asses out. We decided to park further away from this car for safety? I don't know. I just wanted sleep. Then, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a massive silhouette of a sheet ghost. Think Charlie Brown in the Great Pumpkin. This figure was all black and standing near the center of the window, taller than an average man and unmoving. Was it the curtains in an open room? No, all the windows had shutters. I said, what is that? My sister, very drunk at this point, exclaimed, what the fuck is that? I three-point turned our asses out of there, shouting, fuck this and fuck no. Our parents would be so proud. Not. Anyway, I parked us at the very front and made up a parking spot. My sister and I reconnected a few days later. By then, I told a lot of people about this experience. So when I circled back to her about how crazy it was, she was like, I thought that was a dream. We died laughing. Creep it real, Cheyenne. Oh my gosh. You shattered the glass window for her. Literally, the window. I think motor hotels and stuff like that, they are that old-timey... Like roadside hotels. Yeah. Think Schitt's Creek. Ones I would never want to stay at. I mean, but they revitalized them, so... Well, yeah, they did, but uh, not the ones I've seen. Also, I love your hee-hee with the... Rural. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying it. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I got like, you. Oh, how am I going to say it? <laughs> Anxiety. All right, last one. And the title is Sinister Sightings, but they wrote it how it would be like, Sinister Sightings. All I could think of is when we were in college and it was the American Idol in Hawaii. Hawaii. That's all I can remember. God, I love that one. Okay, I recently found your podcast and I'm obsessed. Great job, ladies. 
You guys have amazing personalities, and I love you guys. I have some stories for you. One about ghosts, one about dreams, and one about vibes. Enjoy. Story one, ghost, question mark. A little while back, I was in the bathroom rinsing my crystal, as one does to cleanse it. Anyways, I was drying it off, and I feel my hair lift up. I look into the mirror on the wall, and half of my hair is standing up. I stand there for a moment, not phased, because I'm a spooksy biatch, then go tell my family about it. They make fun of me because they don't understand. I tried contacting the spirit because that's what I believe it is, but I was never able to come into contact with it again until last week. I was in physics class almost falling asleep when I feel my hair being tugged. I thought it was the annoying motherfucker next to me, but he was on his phone as usual. We got a smart spooky bitch. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyways, I turn around and there's nobody there. So I go back to not learning and I feel it again, but then it stopped. After this incident, I remember a year ago when it was early in the morning and I randomly woke up. I opened my eyes and saw a little boy standing next to my bed staring at me. I thought it was my brother, but then I remembered I don't have a brother. Oops. I'm thinking that it's maybe that little boy trying to play with me. Let me know what you ladies think. Story number two, dreams. When I first moved into the house I am in now, I was seven. A little while after I moved into the house, I had a dream where I was in the woods and someone handed me some wood. Then I turned around, started walking towards a hut made out of sticks and branches. A few weeks later, this exact incident happened to me. These dreams have been happening to me ever since. I don't usually remember the dreams until they actually happen. They have been becoming a lot more frequent and they happen at least once a week. They aren't like prophecies or anything. Most of the time, it's just random things like my dog doing something or a person saying something to me. I don't know what this is, but it's bugging me a lot and I'm nervous I'm going to see something bad. Story three, vibes. I can sense vibes. Ever since I was little, I can sense when someone's lying to me or when someone's upset. A few weeks ago, my school went on a trip. We had a little while to walk around the town, so my group went to the thrift store. It had three stories, and we went to the lowest one. It was a little sketchy, but we looked around, and I walked into this corner. I immediately get a horrible vibe, and I don't feel safe. So I go back to the second story where these old men were watching me. The whole shop had a bad vibe, and I couldn't handle it. Do you ladies know what this is called, where someone can sense vibes? Let me know, please. I have some more stories, but this email is already pretty long, so if you want, I'll send them later. Love you, ladies, and as always, creep it real and don't get scared. Uh Uh-huh. She says, not my real name, sorry, and guess what name it is? Rose. Rory. 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 Roy. Rory. Rory. Wow. Okay. Take Mm -hmm. 17 for Donna. Okay. Rory. Oh, and they are from Arizona. I got tongue-tied on their name. I mean, yeah, I think it would be like you're intuitive to spirits. You're sensitive to spirit. I think you could be intuitive to people's energy. Like even if you take the whole spiritual thing outside of it, like I think people's essence, their presence, you can feel, you know? Yeah. 
you can know if in your gut if somebody's evil. Not always, but like I was you gonna know, say not always. No, no, no. But like if you know like dude, this person's not good, this is a bad situation, like you know it in your gut intuitively, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, Carrie has high energy and that disrupts dogs so fucking much. And computers and printers. <laughs> For real. Hide your phones, hide your computers, hide your printers. Well, thank y'all so much for sending in all these stories. If you want your story read on an episode, send it in to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.